Hey friends, I'm Julie Holmquist and you are listening to Kairos Moments Podcast. God's been speaking to you for a while and you know you are called to something. It's time to stop playing it safe with your faith, time to lean into your calling, and time to bring those God-given dreams to life. It's time. Let's do this together. Hey friend, on this episode, I welcome my friend Kim Har to the show. Kim is a writer, speaker, podcaster, licensed professional counselor, and a guest radio co-host. She has well over a decade of experience helping others find healing and wholeness in life. I want you to listen to this episode with an open heart because I want to clear the spiritual atmosphere of all the enemy's lies that say you can't possibly do what God's called you to do because of this reason or that reason. This episode is for the woman who feels called by God but has stuff going on in the background. Maybe your spouse isn't a believer, you have a health crisis going on, or maybe you have a prodigal child who is just not living like the way they were raised, and it's wearing on you, and you don't feel authentic when you're walking in your calling. Maybe you even look at all the pretty pictures on Instagram and think to yourself, how am I supposed to do this when I have XYZ going on? I must not be called to do this after all, because I struggle in these areas and they don't seem to struggle at all. Or maybe you just need someone to come alongside you and share some real practical tips on how to move forward, even though you do have that stuff going on. You are called in spite of your messiness. You have a specific calling that God created in you and for you. Don't let the enemy disqualify you because you have stuff going on. Life is messy. I don't care who you are. You have stuff you're dealing with. But those things don't mean you can't walk in your calling. They don't define you. Kim's wisdom that she shares from her life experience and as a therapist has been transformational to me. And I hope it is the same for you. Let's welcome Kim Har to the show. Welcome to the show, Kim. So glad you're here. Well, it's good to be here. Thank you for having me. We met a couple years ago at one of the Call Creatives events, right? I think it was 2021 or something like that. But we met and then I went to one of the dinners that we, you guys were having a couple months ago. And as we were sitting there, we were talking and I said something to the effect of, if I'm called to speak, how do I get up on stage 30 minutes before I just had a fight or an argument with my husband? And you gave me an amazing tip. And I was like, okay, I have to have her on the show because... Speaking is not just getting up there and and speaking the message that God's given you. It involves the whole woman, right? It's not, we can't compartmentalize. How important is our mental health when it comes to walking in our calling? You know, Julie, I think mental health is, when you ask how important it is, it's important in our daily living and in walking in our calling. And sometimes I think we forget that it's actually about the daily life. Our mental health affects the way we deal with stress, the Mm -hmm. way we make decisions, the way we operate, the way we have relationships. And we have gotten into a culture of busyness and overwhelm. And I think as women, we are so used to giving and giving and giving to everyone else that we give ourselves our leftover time Mm -hmm. and we forget to prioritize it. And then all of a sudden we're burned out. 
So I think it's it's one of the very most important things we can do as a woman, as a mom, in our callings, in our daily living. That's good. Yeah. I think there's more of a swing towards the anti-hustle culture. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that message because I love to work. I love being productive. I could yeah. easily get caught up in that, but I need yeah. to kind of slow it down and just keep pace with what God's doing and not burn myself out. Well, and I think sometimes we we get into that, we enjoy what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And so we give and give, and we think that it's just when we don't enjoy it that we get in trouble. But actually, when it comes to mental health, anxiety and depression is skyrocketing. Mm-hmm. And it's skyrocketing in women. And so part of that is really being able to recognize what are my limits. And it doesn't mean my gas gauge is on empty. It really means I'm going to be checking my gas gauge all the time to make sure I stay full. Mm, that's good. My husband will tell you there's been a number of times where I've pulled into the driveway on E and it says, you know, five miles until you completely run out of gas. <laughs> so, you know, I think I think sometimes we all do that. <laughs> yeah. So what kinds of things do we need to look out for regarding our mental health as we're stewarding what God's given us? Okay. I like to use the acronym SPICES, S-P-I-C-E-S. And I learned about it when I used to, I was a national trainer for a parenting program and it rung so true that I use these with my clients in my counseling practice today. And that is when we make sure we're getting our needs met. It's our mental health combines our physical needs, our emotional needs. Um, And so when you take the word SPICES, The very first one is our social needs, because the enemy wants to isolate us where we're not around people that that encourage us, that build us up, that fuel us. He wants to really isolate us. So we want to make sure that we're getting our social needs met. Mm -hmm. He is for physical needs. And I think that's maybe one of the ones that hits us the hardest because we go and we go and we go and we forget to rest. And so our physical needs are very practical. It may be things like, am I getting enough sleep? What am I eating? Am I remembering to eat? Um, am, (laughs) are my three basic food groups, Wendy's, McDonald's and Arby's? Um, or am I actually putting good things, staying hydrated? So that's your physical needs. Um, the I is for intellectual needs. And that's, am I doing things that keep me growing? Because, you know, when we're reading and when we're studying and when we're growing, we're actually, we're developing as a person. The C is for creative needs. And that's how do I express myself? Am I surrounding myself with beauty? And again, that's something that really fills us up. The E is emotional needs. Am I remembering to play? Am I always working? Am I always doing Or am I stopping to do things that nurture my body? And then that S is I need to prioritize my spiritual needs. Mm -hmm. Am I spending time with the Lord? And is it more than just I'm studying for my next, you know, speaking engagement? Am I doing this for me not to get a message out of it, but just to allow the Lord to speak to me? So I think really prioritizing all of those areas of needs is something to be very intentional about. The uh, the P, the physical component, I feel like God's been talking to me more and more about because I can't do what I'm called to do as a mom or a wife or as a woman who has a message and a dream that God's given me. So I've kind of been on that health journey. What do you think is the 
biggest area that women struggle with in being the healthiest that we can be when operating in our gifts? I think as women, our biggest struggle is with setting and prioritizing ourselves and setting boundaries. I think we put so many expectations on ourselves. You know, sometimes we've heard a lot being taught about boundaries, but there's not been as much taught about setting boundaries with ourselves. Mm. You know, we'll hear about setting boundaries with other people. um, But you know who the biggest person that crosses my boundaries tends to be? And that's me. Mm-hmm. I, I use an example of I only work in, in my practice. I work four days a week and every now and then I will have somebody call me and I know I want to help them. I know I can help them because part of my calling is as a therapist mm-hmm. and I will go into my calendar and I will look, where can I squeeze one more person in? Mm-hmm. What can I shove here or shove there? And it's like, no, that's a boundary that I've set for myself to make sure that I'm getting replenished, I'm getting rejuvenated. And so I probably am the one that crosses my own boundaries the most. So I think being proactive with um, maybe setting, setting what are those, what, what do I need to protect, but then how do I enforce those? How do I set a plan where I'm not going to be the one crossing those? Well, and there's no sense in setting a boundary if we're not going to enforce it doesn't mean anything. So with that scenario that you were just talking about, you knew you could help that person. Mm -hmm. And you were looking, how can I squeeze this person in? How do you let go of that when you know you have to prioritize yourself, but you do you feel responsible? How do you let go of that, that Mm -hmm. sense of responsibility? I think it's important to we're going to hear the voice in our in our hearts in our mind and we're going to hear that voice that says you have to do this you must do this you should you should do this and so i think there's a part of recognizing where that voice comes from and sometimes you know we think is someone's emergency like in my case if someone's calling me and they've got an emergency i have to remind myself is their emergency my emergency Hmm. Is it, am I the person that God wants to use with this person? Or can I trust that God may have someone else just as skilled, just as qualified, more skilled, more qualified hmm. so good. that I'm not making myself the end all be all. And it's, it's um, really asking the Lord, is this for me or is this for someone else? And do I need to step out of the way? Hmm. That's good because then it's not just a one woman show. It's not just a Kim show. It is. right. Yeah. I'm handing the responsibility and the weight of that to someone else. That's really good. God has been setting me free from people pleasing. So with that being said, I don't do fake. So how do we move forward in our calling? Even though we have some stuff behind the scenes that we're dealing with, it feels inauthentic. And Mm -hmm. incongruent with my message. For instance, I have a handicapped son who sometimes has meltdowns. He has autism and is mentally handicapped. So I've had him have a meltdown minutes before I was supposed to get up and speak or minutes before I was supposed to start a podcast. What was the tip that you shared with us? I want you to share it with my audience. How do you handle that? Because I don't think that's talked about very much. You know, life doesn't stop just because we have obligations and priorities. And I think the conversation that you and I had that evening at dinner, we were talking about what do you do when life happens and you still have to 
move forward in your calling. And I shared a story of when I was going through a divorce, uh, I think it was like in 2013. And as a therapist, okay, I was going through a lot of grieving, a lot of changes, a lot of of scariness in my life, yet I was becoming a single mom and I couldn't just stop my job while I went through a healing process. Mm. So for me, I had to learn how to ethically be in my counseling room with people that were bringing issues. And sometimes I wondered, Lord, why are you bringing these people to me? Because it seemed like they were all married couples with all the same problems. And my (laughs) mind wanted to go, you know, in this direction and that direction and, and be focused back on my things. And I had to ethically be present with my clients and their issues. And I learned about a technique, actually EMDR, it's eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. They taught me when I was going through a training as a therapist, and they talked about creating a mental container in your mind. Mm. And you design your own container in your mind. It can be as big as you want. It can be as little as you want. It can be see-through or it can be um, as tight as a gun safe. You can make this container anything you want it to be. The only thing is it has to have a lid and it has to have a lock. And only you can open this container and only you can close this container. And so when you're having to pack things up and like, for instance, when you're saying that you've got something right before a podcast or right before you go, you know, and you're sharing at at a meeting, sometimes we have to put our things and mentally see ourselves packing it up and putting it in that container, putting a lock on that container and putting it, visualizing, I'm going to put this container on a shelf. And when I step off this stage or when my podcast is done or at the appropriate time, I'm going to take that container off the shelf and I'm going to open it and I'm going to look at what's in there and I'm going to deal with it. So I'm not avoiding. I'm just saying not yet. It's not being inauthentic or incongruent. You are just deciding you're choosing when to deal with it. You're choosing when to deal with it. And you're asking yourself in this space, what is my role? What am I, what am I doing in this space? And so if I'm going to speak to women or I'm going, you know, I've got an engagement when I walk into that, whether it's a pulpit, whether it's behind a microphone in that moment, that's the calling I'm walking in. I'm not just the woman it's Lord, bring your anointing, speak through me. Let me Mm. get out of the way. And so when I get off, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, now I'm becoming Kim, that woman again. And it doesn't mean I'm inauthentic. It means there's different parts of me. And because it would be great if we never had an argument before we had to be somewhere. <laughs> yes. It would be wonderful if our kids listen to us all the time. First uh, time, I, every time, right? <laughs> you know, I don't know if you've had this experience, but with my kids, when they were growing up, they're all adults now, but when they were growing up, I would be fussing at them about something and the phone would ring. And of course you come on and you're saying, hello, and you're wanting to strangle your children. And they wait until you're on the phone. And all of a sudden they turn into wild children and they are getting into everything, doing everything because they know you're captive. Mm. And so I think being able to juggle that and realize like with children, you mentioned your son, I think there's a part of asking yourself, do I know that he's safe? I, if I can ensure that he's safe, he's got his needs met. 
Um, it may be an emotional meltdown that one, what can I do to calm him? But when I know that all those needs are met, then it's being able to say, I'm going to calm myself now because mm -hmm. our adrenaline can get up there. We can get worked up and it's being able to put our hand. It, it helps to put your hand on your heart because your vagus nerve is there. And that mm -hmm. is the longest nerve in your body. And it, it calms your central nervous system. And so when you put your hand on your heart and you take some deep breaths and even saying out loud, whether it's saying things like, it's going to be okay. Whether it's saying, you know what, God, you've got this. Hmm. This is safe. So we're actually speaking and we're calming our own body with that. Um, and then we just deal with it when we, when we, <laughs> when we're off the yeah. podcast or when we're off the stage, we go right back into what we need to. That's so good, Kim. A story with my kids. I remember one time I had three boys in three years. I have four boys altogether, but I have three boys within three years of each other. And I remember it was just crazy chaos and I was, you know, fussing at them or whatever. And then, like you said, I picked up the phone, like, hello. And when I got off the phone, the boys were like, why are you talking like that? Because <laughs> I really want to rip into you, but I'm going to wait. <laughs> mm -hmm. I used to, when I would teach parenting classes, I would say our kids are a little bit like the paparazzi. You know, when you go to the store and you see some of those rag magazines that say, catch this star, look at the cellulite on their bodies on the beach. You know, right. they've got the telescopic lenses and they're getting the un, you know, the, those things that we don't want to share with the world. Our kids and our family actually sees that side of us. And oh, I yeah. think one of the most important things, that's the place to be authentic. Mm. place to be, you know, you asked me about being authentic when you walk into your calling. And I think that there's a real need to make sure we're being authentic when we're walking into our daily life with our spouses and our children, because they're the paparazzi. They're the ones that are seeing us behind the scenes and they are our first calling. I wish I could scream amen, because that is the, they are our first calling. I don't want to minister. I don't want to be on a stage of 10,000 people and only to have my kids or my husband say, I didn't know that about you or that wasn't true. Or why, why do you give the best to them? And then you come home and we get your leftovers. I think I heard, and I, I don't want to misquote, so I won't say the name, but there was one of the largest ministers, an older minister that really had lived their life in full-time ministry, traveled around, um, was all over the world. And before they died, they were asked, is there anything you would have changed? And they said, we wish we would have spent more time with our family. Yeah. And I think that that's so important in that when God gives us a call, he doesn't give us a call in spite of our family. It's not where we're choosing one over the other. And I think if we can remember that God's and he's equipped us for what he's called us to do, but we're authentic anywhere we go. Right. Right. You know, I've heard all the, I've been to the masterminds, I've been to all the classes and the conferences and all that with podcasting. They say, you need to be consistent. You need to be this and this and this and this. And I had to step back and just say, no, I will do my best, but my yeah. primary calling is to my family. And so if they have needs, that comes before it, my podcast. And so I've just had to be okay with that. And I know the Lord is, you know, he's blessing that, 
but it's it's hard when you know I should be doing this, I should be doing that. If I can, I want to challenge that for a minute for you. Okay. And that is when the voice says I should be doing this and I should be doing that. Sometimes it's changing the word should to it would be nice. It would be mm. nice if I was able to do that. It would be nice if I was able to do that. But you know what? I've got this grace and I'm doing the best that I can. And as long as I'm doing the best that I can, that's good enough. Mm. God's going to anoint it. You know, there's there was an old song that talked about when we give God what we have, we give him everything we have. We let him multiply it. We let him take it where he, it needs to go. And because I think another thing that we hear a lot of the times is you never let people see, you know, when you're struggling, when you are having any problems. And, and I love it that you're actually vulnerable enough to say, you know what, man, I can struggle with this, this meltdown of my child because I think sometimes there's somebody else that needs to hear, you know oh, what, yeah. that struggles too. You know, it's not that I'm the only one in the world that faces these struggles is sometimes more healing for people to hear if you've got that struggle too, or you blew it too, you missed it too. That can actually bring freedom. Exactly. And that's, I want women to hear what you just said, that we can still walk in our calling, even though we have other stuff going on in the background, because there's no one who doesn't have something going on in the background. But for some reason, we think, you know, the Instagram pictures and, and Mm -hmm. all they're accomplishing, they must not have struggles like we do. In my therapy office, I have a beautiful picture that is of my four children and they're walking away, holding hands. They're walking into the sunset. So you don't see the front of their faces. Mm -hmm. And it is probably one of my favorite pictures that I absolutely just love because in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, they're friends and, and I'm romanticizing this picture. But if you asked my children about that picture, they would tell you how much they hate that picture because on that day, the girls were angry with me because I had one of them wear a certain sweater and one of them didn't like their hair bangs in their face. And (laughs) there was actually frustration and anger between the kids as they're walking away. And I'm getting this perfect picture. And to me, I still love that picture, but it's a good reminder that what you see on the surface isn't always what you get. And I think I maybe have an advantage to a lot of people because people come into my therapy office and I hold a lot of the things that they're struggling with. But I will say I have worked with people um, in all different occupations, in all different socioeconomic categories. And you know what? The stories are typically the same. Mm. We all struggle. We all hurt. We all have those hangups or hurts or habits or None of us have it all together, no matter what it looks like. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I po- I took two of my boys and I took them to the lake one day and I actually, I actually told them, I posed it, you know, I said, okay, put your arm around each other and saying they weren't, they weren't looking at the camera. And then, but I had to let people know, you know, I, I created this, this moment. It wasn't like this. And I love real. Otherwise you don't really know who you're, who you're engaging with. And I agree with you that when someone who is in the public eye can be a little more vulnerable, it draws women in because they feel like there's a place for me, even though I don't have it all together. I think it encourages women that there can be a call for them. 
Because when I'm looking at somebody else that seems like they've got it all together, and in my mind, I need to get it all together before I can walk in a calling God has for me. I think that's a lie of the enemy that keeps us away from our call. It keeps us away from what God wants us to do. And God calls us in spite of our messiness. Yeah. Sometimes I think he calls us because of our messiness, because it's because of our messiness that we know how much we really need him. Yeah. In addition to the box, right? We put, we visualize putting our stuff in the box. In addition to that, you said something that was profound, Kim. It was that I get myself out of the way. Mm-hmm. And it's so you're not being inauthentic. You're letting God do his thing through you. It doesn't have anything to do with you. You're just the vessel. And so that's another way that someone can probably move forward with something, even though they have struggles. Kim, yeah, you're awesome. I, it's like free therapy right here, people. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned about having a fight with your spouse right before you go on somewhere or when we have a disagreement or when we are leaving our husband, our children, our family, and there's there's conflict between us. I encourage people to make a habit of connecting, whether it is I'm going to put my hand on your back and I'm going to say, I love you. And we're going to come back to this conversation or squeeze your husband's hand or, you know, say, you know what, I'm I'm frustrated, but I want you to know before I go out there, I want you to know that I love you. I want mm-hmm. you to know that that I'm coming back to this conversation because I did this one time. Now it wasn't, well, I'm going to back up. I was going to say it was when I was not operating in my calling, but I just got convicted of that because I was walking my child into school and I was being a mom. Mm -hmm. And that was very much a part of my calling. The calling's not just full-time ministry. My kids were my full-time ministry. And I remembered I had been hateful. My words had been hateful. I was tired. I wasn't taking care of my mental health. This is, you know, probably 15 years ago. And my, it was my, I think it was my son. He left to go into school, but I knew he was angry with me. Mm-hmm. And as I left, I remember thinking, if today was the last day I was able to have this interaction, is that what I would want my last interaction to be? Yeah. So I turned my car around. I went to the school office. I asked them to get my son out of his class. He had just gotten into it. And he came to the to the office. I didn't want to embarrass him or humiliate him. But I said, you know what? I was unkind with what I said this morning. And I want to ask you to forgive me. I want to tell you that I love you. And we'll talk about this when you get home. But I just want you to know I love being your mom. Yeah. Oh, my and gosh. So I think there's a part of... First of all, recognizing our callings are our family just as much as any other thing God has called us to. But then it's important to don't let an opportunity slip by. I may have to get on a podcast. I may have to get up on stage, but I can still send that message to my family or my, well, my husband and kids are my family, Um, but I can send that message that says, you know what, you're important to me. I love you and I'm coming back and we're going to have a conversation about this. So good. You know, the proverbial, you have a fight right before you go to church and then you walk in the door and you're like, how are you? How are you? Oh, I'm good. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I can't stand that. So there's been times where 
I will refuse to go to church because I'm like, we're in the middle of an argument. And I'm like, I'm not about to go in church and be fake. But what you said was, I can still tell my husband, I'm still on your team. We're in this together. We can talk afterwards. Absolutely. That's good. That's a good place to wrap up. So Kim, tell my audience where they can find you, what you're doing, what you're working on, and all of the good stuff. Sure. They can find me on Facebook or Instagram at Kimberly Hard, and that's H-A-A-R. I have a website, KimberlyHar.com, and you can contact me from my website. I'm currently working on writing a book about healing a heart that's hurting after um, hard things happen. How do we not get stuck in the why me? How do we change our why me to what now? So that's kind of what I'm working on. And then in my spare time, I'm a therapist full time. I do four days a week. I'm learning to set some boundaries with my time. (laughs) Awesome. Well, friends, I hope you go ahead and reach out to Kim and just follow her. She's got some amazing things coming up. I love Kim's story. I can't wait for this book to come out. It was nice having you. Thank you so much, Kim. Thank you for inviting me.